From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and I'm here with our recruiting analyst, Scott Eklund, and uh, apologize for the lateness of the podcast, not in terms of the day, but in terms of the events, because we wanted to make sure we got all of our, uh, you know, all of our stories straight and got every ounce of information we could possibly get and, and waited until the last moment to make sure we had all the the, the players and prospects that are visiting Washington this coming weekend. But the reality is, Scott, they actually even started coming a little bit earlier than that. Guys, in fact, there's one guy, I think, at least that's, uh, I think, finishing his official visit to Washington. Um, this and, and we're recording this on Friday morning. So, uh, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Tons of guys. I think we figured out that there's going to be uh, almost 20 kids in total visiting this week. But one thing I wanted to touch on real quick before we move into the actual visits proper was just something you've talked to some of the scouts and and and, um, and we've kind of wondered about this because you look at the you know not just the team rankings but just the number of commitments to schools right now pac 12 has four schools right now that have at least 12 commitments in oregon stanford and the arizona schools colorado's got eight ucla's got eight um cal's got six you know even even utah which is notoriously kind of a slow starter out of the gate have four compared to Washington's with one. Um, but you've, you've talked to some of these scouts and you've, and you've kind of learned maybe some of the reasons why they think there's been such an early explosion with these, with these commits. Yeah. I, I think a lot of kids are being influenced partly by the, by schools, you know, really pushing to get them in and, and letting them know, Hey, it, we're going to be filling up our spots. So if you want a spot, then you, you need to take this now. So I think some of these kids are committing because they want to make sure that they have a spot at a school that they really like, but they're also going to still kind of keep things open and talk to some schools. Um, you know, that might be not be out there in the public, but that's what's kind of happening behind the scenes. And then the other thing is the portal. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, that weren't committed beforehand and well, with the portal now being able Granted, guys can't enter the portal. I don't know what the window is for. Uh, I think it starts J- December 1st. I could be wrong on that. But uh, whatever that window starts in, in late fall, right after the season, um, whatever that window is, uh, guys can actually declare themselves eligible for the portal um, before that. They can start basically whenever they want. They could do it in fall camp if they really want. Now, that would be kind of silly to do that, You know, at least see where you're where you're at on the in the pecking order and things like that. But a lot of these guys have been announcing earlier and earlier. And so sometimes during the season, a Scott, a guy could say, I'm um, putting my name in the, in the transfer portal. And that means he can start talking to schools. Now I think it more has to be initiated on his part, or maybe uh, maybe it has to be behind the scenes kind of stuff where they aren't actually talking to the coaches quite yet, but whatever it is, a lot of these guys want to lock in their spots because they're worried about the portal guys and, and 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 things like that. So I think that's one reason why you're seeing a lot of these guys uh, commit so early. And I think that, 
you know, I know that people make fun of the this is the year of the flip and all that different stuff. And, you know, we've said that before. Well, granted, we were a year early on that uh, when, when we predicted that a few years ago. But I really think this year I think we're going to see a lot of guys end up flipping. Um, these coaches are starting to get a lot more savvy with the way they use the their NIL deals. Uh, a lot of these schools are going to be, um, you know, getting new guys in, you know, recruiting over guys that they have committed. And so those guys are going to opt to leave or maybe they just uh, see the writing on the wall. Maybe that school doesn't get off to a hot start and a team that they really liked gets off to a hot start. And maybe they want to open things up and, and take official visits. So, you know, there's a lot of things that are in play in this. It's very fluid. And I think a lot of people now, I, I get it. I get where people are, are at. They're, they're nervous. Washington has one commit. If Washington is still at one commit or even at five commits when we're when we're uh, entering the season, yeah, I think you might be have have a reason to be a little bit worried about where things are at. But I I I still have said I have said from the beginning. I think I've been saying it since January that this is going to be a late developing class. That Washington would have ten to twelve commits by the end of the summer, start of the season. And that they would end up with a class of 20 to 22 guys. I think you're going to see 18 to 20 guys end up signing in the early signing period. And then I think you'll see maybe two or three that could be stragglers, guys that are looking for spots that Washington ends up signing in the, you know, on national signing day in February. So, um, yeah, I think that's how things are going and why we're starting to see this earlier trend of guys uh, committing. But I think you're going to see a lot of guys decommitting and opening things up in in the fall. And also one thing I wanted to bring up before we start talking about the the prospects on campus right now uh, as we talk is the idea that these guys can now take unlimited official visits. Yeah. And I'm wondering how much that is affecting or influencing Washington's decision, because I agree 100 percent. You've been on record for a very, very long time that this was going to be a slower developing class than last year in terms of numbers in terms of guys making decisions before the season starts. But I'm wondering if they're talking more long game with some of these guys. And like, you know, because we've seen a number of guys that have decided not to take official visits to Washington right now. And most of those guys have been guys that have subsequently made verbal commitments to places. Yeah. Um, and, and or have flipped. So mm-hmm. it's just I'm wondering I'm wondering how much that you think that might be influencing their thinking about maybe trying to pick some of these guys up after the season. Yeah. Talk to them about, hey, are you still 100 percent sure about what you want to do? The longer these guys keep their options available, that could potentially really help Washington because they're not one of these schools that is obviously loaded up huge before the summer comes. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a very fair point, Chris. I, I, I think that um, Washington has, you know, Washington was real big on when, before kids could take, you know, six, seven, 10, 12, 15 official visits. Um, I think Washington wanted to be one of those five schools that gets visits during the during the summer. And if you got those, you know, one of those five visits, the chances of you if you got a commitment out of that, the chances of you losing a kid to a school dropped dramatically. I would say it was less than 20% that kids were going to flip. Um, but now, because, okay, so let's say you're one of the five schools. Like, the, I've named my top five, and Washington's in it, and I'm going to take all five of my official visits and make my decision before my, my senior season, which is kind of the timeline that a lot of these guys were were on. 
And now, if you're one of those five schools, you can't be uh, totally secure because those kids can take more visits, more official visits. And and so now some of the blue bloods can come in and, and you know, I'm talking schools like Ohio State, USC, um, schools like um, Alabama, schools like Oklahoma, they can come in and say, hey, you know, we missed on some of our other guys, but we've liked you for a long time. We've recruited you for a long time. And now uh, we're ready to bring you in. Heck, even Oregon, who is not a blue blood, they are not a blue blood, but they are a school that has the backing of Nike. They have the, they have all those different things that they have uh, to throw at these kids uh, as enticements to them. And I don't mean that in an illegal way. I mean, I mean it from the standpoint that they're using what they have going for them, which is is a very positive thing in a lot of these kids' minds. And so these schools are going to be able to swoop in late and say, hey, we didn't offer you an official earlier, but that's because we were still evaluating you. We had some other guys that we were evaluating, too. Now we want to bring you in and uh, possibly get you to to visit with us. And and so I don't think you can feel secure when you get a commitment um, in, earlier in the process anymore, like we did, like maybe you would have just last year. Yeah, and I forgot to add USC in there, too. So you've got five teams now in the Pac-12 that have at least double-digit um, verbal commitments, which is, you know, yeah. we're talking about that, almost half the conference right there. So in terms of sheer numbers, Washington is really, really straggling, but this is the week where you would expect them to play a lot of catch-up. So let's let's get started on the guys that are here. And there is one player right now that is actually probably in the process of finishing up his official visit to Washington, and that's Deshaun Warner an edge player from um, Goodyear, Arizona, and uh, 6'4", 225. What can you tell us about Deshaun Warner? Well, Deshaun Warner is a guy that Washington really liked. Uh, you know, they saw him at a at a showcase, 6'4", like you said, 225, really explosive off the edge, has those long levers. And, and you know, he's got – he's raw. He's real, real raw. He needs to add some strength to to his, his – uh, his game, he needs to do some different things, but man, he is he is a natural pass rusher, can bend the edge, and and he fits Washington's need for a speed rusher off of one of the edges. And and um, you know, Washington really liked him. They made him an offer, and and they got him to take an official visit. He's from Desert Edge in in Goodyear, Arizona. Um, Washington's had some success bringing in some edges from there. They've got Lance Holtzclaw on the on the roster right now. Braylon Trice is from the Arizona. Uh, the state of Arizona. So, you know, Washington has done really well in the state of Arizona with recruiting edges. They've got another couple guys that they really like down there from from Arizona that are edge guys as well. So, um, yeah, he's he and two other guys are really wrapping up theirs t- uh, this week. Uh, Deshaun Warner's wrapping his up this weekend, or I'm sorry, this morning. But then uh, Deontay Carter and Jason Robinson um, also came in on the 21st, but they were more in the afternoon. So those guys will be wrapping things up in the afternoon. Yeah, Deshaun Warner, 6'4", 225. You mentioned Braylon Trice. Braylon Trice, when he was when he signed with Washington, he was around 6'3", 6'4", about 225, 230. So there's a lot of similarities in terms yep. of their body type right there. You mentioned yep. Jason Robinson and Dante Carter. Tell us a little bit about them because one of them's an offensive player and the other guy's a defensive player. Yeah, and they're both players at positions of need for the University of Washington. And I say that at wide receiver with Jason Robinson because Washington really needs to find keep that pipeline going. They've got they've got three guys who could be taken in the NFL draft next year, two of which we're we're ninety-nine point nine percent sure are gone in uh Jalen McMillan and Rome Odunzi. Those guys are both 
I, I'd be shocked if they're in Husky uniforms next year. They're going to be playing on Sundays in 2024. But um, and then they've got Jalen Polk, who very likely very well could leave as well, depending on the, the evaluation he gets from NFL scouts as well. But Jason Robinson, he's only 5'10", 5'11", somewhere in that range, 160, 170 pounds. But, man, he is electric with the ball in his hands. He's he's a guy that Washington, you know, they, they brought in Keith Reynolds. They have Giles Jackson on the roster as well. These are smaller guys that that are kind of quick twitch guys. But Jason Robinson is more explosive than both of those guys. And I'm not taking anything away from Giles Jackson and, and Keith Reynolds. I think those both those guys can both play as well. But Jason Robinson is he's just absolutely special with the ball in his hands. He can be a return man for you. He could even play some DB. He's not going to. He's going to be a wide receiver. But he's got the chops to play DB at the next level as well. Then you talk about Dante Carter. Uh, he's out of Steel uh, High School down in Texas. Um, he's a safety, 6'1", 175 pounds. Um, he's actually originally from California. So uh, he didn't move to Texas until 2021. So he's a guy. Um, and the reason he moved was because California wasn't playing football. And he was like, I want to play football. So he went to Texas. And his family, his family all moved there. And his dad got a job there. And, and he's been really happy down there. But I don't. I don't think that he's not the typical Texas recruit in that, you you know, for a lot of these Texas kids, Washington is like moving to Russia or, you know, Alaska. They, they, they just that's so far away from home in their their minds. And and it's so such a different um, atmosphere and culture up here than it is uh, from a te- from Texas. And Deontay or Dante Carter is a guy who kind of knows about Washington. He's been up here before. He he doesn't have family here per se, but he's been up here a couple times um, out for seven on seven tournaments and things like that. And so he knows what Washington is like. And and that's one of the reasons why Washington has been able to get in with him and and become one of the, his top schools. Um, he he visited Texas Tech last weekend. A lot of people, uh, a couple people, um, put in crystal ball predictions for him but i think washington's got a really good shot to reel him in he could play uh strong safety he could play uh free safety i think he's probably better closer to the line more like a husky or a strong safety in washington's scheme but he can he can do a lot of things for you in that secondary and i think washington's going to go all in on him this weekend or i'm sorry this you know today or finishing up today sorry yeah no no worries and and just and i'll also give for those out of town washington fans a quick weather update because I know sometimes they think that a weather can affect these things. Uh, Friday, it's a high of 78, 15% chance of rain. Saturday is a high of 70 with a 7% chance of rain. And Sunday is a high of 73 with a 6% chance of rain. So all in all, if you're a Washington fan that cares about those things, you're probably pretty happy. And very, very few clouds too. It's going to be pretty sunny and nice. Yeah. yeah, so let's move to the next group. There's four more guys that literally just started their official visits either yesterday or maybe even first thing this morning. And one of them, it includes a group, uh, Scott, a committed player that just committed to a Pac-12 school. Yeah, Keona Wilhite. And I think that surprised a lot of people. A lot of people expected him not to visit. We mentioned after his commitment, we said, hey, you know, let's just see what happens. We've heard that he could still visit, but it wasn't a for sure thing. And then yesterday I found out um, 
that he did indeed. I, I had heard earlier in the week that he was that he was coming, but not to hold. I I was asked to hold off because they they weren't one hundred percent sure he was coming yet. And uh, then when he he made the visit, um, you know, this person texted me and said, "Hey, we just arrived. Um, you know, you can go ahead and put it out there." And and so Washington made a made an offer to South Point Catholic. So that name might sound that high school might sound familiar. That's where. B. John Robinson was from. That's the guy who went to Texas, but Washington was was a player for him for a little while. Uh, Mateo Mele is actually from South Point Catholic. He's a starter on Washington, and they're recruiting Will Hite's teammate and Edge, the other guy on the other side of the defensive line from Keona Will Hite in in Elijah Rushing. So, uh, but Will Hite is a guy who's kind of come on late. Um, he didn't play a lot. Uh, I think a lot of people. Um, didn't see very much of him because I think he only played in five games last year because he was a transfer. And so uh, 6'5", 235 pounds, um, long, has a big frame. We have him listed as a defensive lineman in the 247 database, and it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up growing into something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, I think that Keona Wilhite is a guy that Washington really, really wants and um, it's obvious that they, they've stayed on him and he's still visiting after committing to Arizona after his official visit uh, just last weekend. Yeah, hometown kid. You'd expect Arizona to be a big time player so, for yeah. Keona Wilhite. Again, 6'5", 236 yeah. is what he's listed at. It seems to me, just as an aside, when when the new Washington defensive coaches came in, they saw a player like Jeremiah Morton that was one of those sturdy almost defensive end types. Mm-hmm. And I think they really like the idea of having one of those sturdy edge guys be that bigger size that could almost slot into a defensive line position if they wanted to, while the other guy could be a true outside linebacker or edge. Mm-hmm. And so Will Height, 6'5", 236, he has the same physical characteristics right now of a guy like an Anthony James, who they watched and just signed. And yeah. And Anthony James certainly looks like he is primed physically, at least based on we saw what we saw in the spring to play in that role that was kind of designated for Jeremiah Martin in 2022. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and um, I've, I've been on record for a while saying that while he's going to start off at edge for Washington and they promised him that ability to to play it, um, I thought that uh, Anthony James was a guy who could wind up um, being a guy who eventually grows himself into a defensive line position. So, um, yeah, I, 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 and I could see Keona Wilhite being that guy too. So it really just depends on how their body fills out and, and, and what they're able to do. But yeah, um, it, it just, it real interesting guys. Um, and, and the way they're, the way they're doing that with them. Yeah. And speaking of that, one of the other uh, prospects that's in town starting today is another edge player from Arizona named Noah Carter. Yeah, yeah, Noah Carter, uh, 6'3", 225. He's that, he's that speed guy off the edge. And Washington got in on him pretty quickly um, as well. Um, I, I said pretty quickly, pretty pretty late. In, and I don't mean late like they offered him late, but just in the way the process is sped up so much nowadays, um, Washington took their time with him and and it, it took them a while to make him an offer. But once they did, he, he, he almost immediately booked his official visit to the university of Washington. And um, I like where Washington sits with him right now. He's a guy who's uh, you know, he's only visited Louisville and Washington. And I think Washington 
is more of a player for uh, him than a lot of people believe he is. They are right now. So I think Washington's got a really good chance to reel him in, if not this weekend, then at least by by the end of the summer. And it's one of those things too, where he's coming from a from what I understand to be a really really strong program in Centennial. Uh, oh yeah, great program. Which yeah. has kind of historically been one of the guys, at least recently, one of the teams that has competed for state titles. Mm-hmm. So that'll be that'll definitely be an interesting one to watch. And one other player from Arizona who is also here, but this is kind of a unique one because as we saw with Jaden Green a few years back, Washington likes to invest in some of their specialists, uh, especially at the long stamping position. And what can you tell us about Cannon Skidmore, one of the best recruiting names you'll hear all, yeah. all season long? Yeah, I don't know if uh, your your snaps want a last name of Skidmore, but uh, your snapper. Like but, Cannon? How yeah, you know? yeah, Cannon. exactly. Cannon. Yeah, they kind of offset each other, don't they? Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's 6'2", 205 pounds. He can play linebacker. Uh, I, I say he can play linebacker. He does play linebacker for his team, and, and he does some other things for his team. But he's, he's a long snapper. That's where his future is. Uh, he's one of the top long snappers uh, in the West and um, has a lot of schools looking at him. Air Force and Washington are the only two schools that have offered him at this point. Um, and um, I think Washington's kind of competing with themselves. If they want him, I think they're going to get him. Um, not that Air Force is a bad option. I mean, obviously, that place sets you up for life. You know, if, if you choose them, you, they've set you up for life uh, as long as you make it through 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 the difficulty of going through that program but um you know he just he he loves uh um eric schmidt and the two have gotten to know each other really well i remember right after washington offered he was just blown away i got the feeling that he was very close to um just popping right there but um i think i think he wanted to see what things are like wanted to kind of talk to some of these other schools um, I know that um, some other schools that were on him included like Oregon State and Arizona and Arizona State. They were all looking at him as well. But um, right now, I think Washington or I, I'm sorry, he's got offers from Idaho as well. So he's got three offers, but I, I'd be absolutely blown away if he doesn't come away with a, you know, committing to the University of Washington here in the next couple of days after his official visit is over with. Yeah, and it's hard not to think that he's got a future driving a car once his football days are behind him, right? Yeah. I mean, it just it yep. just sounds it sounds like a guy from like Cannonball Run or something. I mean, just pretty impressive name, Cannon Skidmore. Don't forget that yep. one. Mm-hmm. And the last guy, the last guy that was that's here starting today, um, is Elias Johnson, uh, a Northwest kid. So tell us yep. a little bit about Elias. Elias is a guy who he's six three one seventy five. His mom wouldn't let him play uh, wouldn't let him play football until his I think sophomore year, I think is what it was. Or no, yeah, that's what it was. She wouldn't let him play as a freshman. Sophomore year was COVID, and then so then you know he they or I'm sorry, his freshman year was COVID, and then sophomore year is when he finally started playing, and um. She just she relented, let him play six, three hundred and seventy five pounds. But because of covid and because of the way things were going in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, last year was really his first time as a as a real player. And and he's a Jesuit. So and it's what what is the top two or three program in the entire state of Oregon? Somewhere yeah. in there. Westland yeah, is in there. And yeah, yeah, and and Central Catholic and you know yeah. all those schools, but you know it's always been one of those top schools. Washington has gotten several commits out of there. Andrew Kirkland, Jackson Kirkland, both went there. 
um, uh, Low. Uh, I forget his first name. Trey Low. Yeah, no. Trey Low. Keenan yeah. Low's brother. Yeah. Yeah, Keenan Low. Um, Keenan Low almost committed to Washington. Trey Low ended up at Washington, but then uh, flipped and went to uh, Oregon after after a year at Washington. But you know, it, it just Washington has had a lot of success with that school. He's six three, hundred seventy five pounds, and is just starting to tap into his potential. He's not even in the um, composite yet uh, with a rating, but scout or I'm sorry, two four seven has him as an eighty six. He, he's a three, high three star. You know, he's a solid three star guy, and uh, has offers from Oregon State, Washington, Washington State. Um, as good as Oregon State is uh, at recruiting defensive backs and as good as, um, you know, some of these other offers are that he has, I, I just got to believe that Washington, if if they really press for his commitment, I think they will. I think they're going to end up getting him as well. So that's a guy that I think people really need to keep an eye on. He's just now starting to realize his full potential. He could end up being, I've said that, I've been on record saying this, if he develops like he has the ability to develop, he could end up being the guy that is like the absolute gem of this class, despite who Washington ends up getting. And I think they're going to get some really good guys in this class. And one we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, but you know, Elias Johnson is an absolute stud. And I think people are really going to be excited about him, even though his rating isn't very high. I think part of that's just because he hasn't developed yet. Yeah, no, makes total sense. Makes total sense. COVID certainly changed a lot of things for a lot of guys up in this part of the world. And then obviously, if you add to it, the fact of a family being hesitant about wanting their son to play, you know, football at that at that age, you know, those things can certainly happen for sure. Yes. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and then obviously now starting today, Friday morning, tons of guys coming into town. Um, I think we're looking at about 10 guys that are coming in this particular group. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball, Scott. There's certainly some guys to look out for here. Let's look at the skill guys. There's It looks like there's going to be um, a tight end who I think is one of their primary guys that they're really looking at strongly, and that's Decker DeGraff. Tell us about Decker. Yeah, 6'4", 230 pounds, um, has been to Washington at least uh, three times that I can remember. Um, came up twice in the spring, once for one of the spring practices and then came up for uh, the spring game. Um, has been high on Washington for quite a while, has a great relationship with Nick Sheridan. Um, so far, he's taken visits to Utah, Arkansas, Michigan State. Washington is now going to be his fourth official visit. Um, 
other than Utah, I don't I don't see the other ones being big players for him. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But Utah, because of their their you know their reputation over the last several years of producing NFL tight ends, I think he I think he'd be a great fit in their system. But he'd also be a great fit in Washington's system. And and I think that Washington getting that last visit, the strong relationship he has with Coach Sheridan, I think Washington's got a really good chance to to uh, to reel him in. Um, I do have crystal ball picks that I could make, and uh, we'll talk about a guy here in a few minutes that I've already put in one for. I'm not ready to do that for Decker to graph yet, but he's pretty close to getting one from from me okay. for Washington. And then another receiver that uh, that we're looking at in terms of um, Jamarcus Shepard. You know, he's you know there is no there is no receiver coach in America whose star is on the rise quite like Jamarcus Shepard in terms of the guys that he's got currently on staff and the guys he's, you know, the guys that he's brought in, but there's a kid from Oaks Christian down in Southern California, big time program named justice Williams, which is of course, what a fantastic football name. Justice yep. Williams is tell us a little bit about justice. Six, 495 pounds. Actually, he's probably over 200 pounds by now. He said he had gotten up to about 198 last time I talked to him. And that was about a month and a half ago. So, um, you know, really good kid. Um, strong in the classroom, great off-field guy, um, and and is one of those gym rats that the coaches just love and are looking for. And and he's a guy who gets after it. He loves to play the game of football. Um, Washington um, had been on him for quite some time, but they didn't make him an offer until relatively recently. Utah got a visit from him at the beginning of the month. Washington is getting the last visit before um, the off, you know, the break in the off season and everything. And man, I, I just got to believe that Washington's going to be the, the school that he ends up choosing if, if they really want him. And I do, do believe they do. Um, I think they're going to press for him this weekend and I'd be shocked if he didn't end up a Husky when it's all said and done. I think, I think he, he just fits everything Washington was looking for. And the fact that, um, Landon Bell, you know, Washington was more than happy to let him go. And he kind of fit in the same kind of mold as Justice Williams, but Justice Williams is two inches taller. And um, I, I think um, Washington is going to push for him really hard. I think they could end up with two of their three. Well, I think they're going to take three wide receivers in the class, but I think they're going to end up with two of them in this uh, group uh, that's visiting right now to Jason Robinson and Justice Williams. I just, I got to believe that Mark, Jamarcus Shepard, when he meets with these guys in person and gets them all hyped up and everything, I, I got to believe he's going to be able to close them out this weekend. Yeah. And Scott Huff's got a couple of offensive linemen prospects in this weekend, starting today. And one of them is the lone Washington commit right now in Packy Finau from Oak Hills down in Southern California. Tell us a little bit about Packy. Yeah, I love Packy. Um, has that long frame you're looking for. He's he's a guy who could be a guard or a tackle. He's probably going to be a guard at the University of Washington, but he could play some tackle as well. Um, you know, he's got that long frame, long arms. He's been up to Washington a couple times. He almost committed to Washington on the on the um, weekend that he took his unofficial visit to uh, campus for the uh, spring game or the spring preview, whatever they're calling it. And he's a guy that, that Washington has been on for a long time. They've always felt really good about him. He's been a Husky. He had been a Husky lean for a long time, and they were able to reel him in and get him to finally make his decision. And, and I think the coaches are just ecstatic to have him in, in the program. And another big kid from California, but this one's from the Bay Area, 
uh, a kid from Palo Alto named Ikanasio Tupo. Um, big kid, 6'6", 287. Do you see any similarities to any players that are currently on Washington's roster? Uh, the guy that I would compare him to um, a little bit is maybe Nate Kalepo or uh, maybe a Mateo Mele. Mele is maybe a little bit different body type, but um, Nate Kalepo and him have a lot in common in the way they do things and go about their business. So um, I, I like where Washington sits with Icky as well. Um, he's He's got offers from most of the Pac-12. He took a visit to Arizona at the beginning of the month. Then he went to BYU. Well, I'm sorry. Then he went to Utah right after that. Then BYU. And now he's wrapping things up with Washington. Um, I, I need to find out. I've never really asked him in the times I've talked to him. But I, if I remember correctly, he is not a a uh, LDS guy, even though he's got BYU. I could be wrong on that. So I can't remember from talking to him whether it was LDS or not. But I, I, vag- I vaguely remember asking him and him saying that he wasn't, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Anyway, he's a guy who um, Washington is targeted from the beginning, and I think they really like where they stand with him, and, and I think he's another guy who I think Washington um, has a really good chance to reel in when it's all said and done. Okay, moving over to the defensive side, uh, it does look like Anoke Brechterfield has brought in some guys this weekend. I think he's kind of targeted this weekend as the, as the big weekend for them to make an impression. Let's start with uh, a kid from Carlsbad, California, down in down in Southern California, a kid by the name of Ratumana Bulabalavu. Tell us yeah. a little bit about Ratumana. Yeah, that's, we, a hell of a, that's a great name. Love that. Yeah, we, we just call him Mana. <laughs> so Fair enough. I, I have a feeling that uh, if he ends up committing to Washington and playing, I think uh, Tony Castricone is probably going to call him Mana more than more often than not when he's making his calls. Um, he's at an Army Navy Academy. I mean. I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. Been doing this for 20 years. You've been doing it longer than I've been doing it, Chris. Had you ever heard of Army Navy Academy? No. I no. Had, there was there's an academy down in Vancouver, Washington, that I wasn't aware of just a little while ago too. So it it's yeah. That was a ba- that was for basketball though, right? It was for basketball, yeah. but apparently this is a two sport athlete too. So, but yeah, Vermont, uh, yeah, yeah, never heard of Army Navy Academy. Yeah, but had, again, Carlsbad, you're starting to get down near where people would associate like Top Gun, for instance. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I w- when I when he posted it that he was that he got an offer from Washington, I call I I remember calling uh, Greg Biggins and going, "Have you ever heard of this school before?" And he goes, "No, what why?" And I said, "Um, kid by the name of Ratumana Bulubalabu uh just got an offer from Washington and I wanted to make sure cuz People don't even realize this. The the things we have to go through to make sure these kids aren't aren't catfishing us, you know, when they put these things or they out. just don't, or they've just misunderstood. They've misunderstood the coach as well. Yeah, it's always a possibility. But Greg said, "Well, I've heard of the kid, but I've never heard of that school before." And I was like, "Okay." So then we talked to the kid, and then we did some digging around. Yes, he did get an offer from Washington. Six <clears throat> four, two hundred sixty pounds has a frame to really add some size. I think he's probably in the 270 to 280 range right now. When I saw him at a camp in early April, he was just dominant as a and he was rushing as kind of out of a out of a three-point stance um as more of an uh like a true end, defensive end, like three or a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4 defensive end, he could play that. 
But, um, you know, we'll have to wait and see how his body grows. Washington, the main guy recruiting him is Eric uh, Schmidt right now. But I think Washington's going to use him as like a swing guy at the very least. Kind of the way they're they're going to end up using um, uh, 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 Vi, um, uh, the guy, he, he came from East, he, he's on the team now, um, the, the smaller guy. Chris. Voy Tanufi? Voy Tanufi, yeah. Voy Tanufi, sorry. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Uh, I think they, that he could fit into that role. He's going to be bigger than Voy Tanufi is, but he's got that same kind of ability to come off the edge a little bit and also slide inside and play inside. You know, Washington made him an early offer. They were one of his first offers, and I think that really blew him away when he got an offer from them. He visited Arizona earlier this month as well as Oregon State. Again, Washington is in a really good spot for him, and I'd be shocked if they don't wind up with him before it's all said and done. Now, the Huskies have certainly made a foray into Texas, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well as the greater Houston area. And if I remember, Cypress is a suburb of Houston. Houston, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, and there's a defensive lineman there from Bridgeland High School in Cypress named Omar Khan, and he is up to Washington right now on an official visit. What do you know about Omar? He's a he's a different kid. He's not. And when I say that, I don't mean bad. I just mean he's just different trying to get to know him. And 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 and, you know, he's very guarded, uh, doesn't doesn't share a lot with a lot of people. Um, So you have to get a lot of your your stuff from him, from other sources and guys who, you know, people who know him and he does confide in and then they'll they'll be willing to share stuff with you because they trust you or whatever that is. But uh, six, two and a half, 270, true defensive tackle prospect. Um, once he gets to the university or wherever he ends up, he could play a three tech. I, I really like him as a three tech. Um, right now, Arizona got a visit from him at the beginning of the month. Cal got the last visit last weekend, and then Washington was able to sneak him in late. If Washington um, has a, a main competitor for him, I think it's Cal. I think he just really likes the opportunity at Cal. I think he's bonded really well with their defensive line coach and and Marshall um, Charrington, former uh, Dogman intern, um, has you know is is the recruiting guy down there and he's done a really good job of recruiting him as well. So um, I think Washington's main competitor is Cal, and uh, th- this one is tough for me to call. I, I think Washington's got a really good shot, but um, I I don't feel as strongly about him as I feel about some of these other guys. Okay. And last but not least, in terms of the defensive linemen, this is Washington's top rated visitor this weekend in terms of just the 24-7 sports composite rating. And that's uh, Jericho Johnson from Armeo in Fairfield, California, in the Bay Area. 6'4", 300 pounds. Right now is a, is a rate composite rating uh, almost of 95, which will put him, that puts him comfortably in the top 20 of all the defensive linemen in the entire country that have been rated by 24 seven sports and the other, and the other ratings uh, services out there. So what can you tell us about Jericho Johnson? Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's just a guy who um, just a special player and Washington was able to get in with him early. Um, and you can really thank Courtney uh, Morgan for that. I mean, Mo- Courtney Morgan has played a key role with a lot of these guys, but Jericho Johnson is probably like Anthony James last year. I think Jericho Johnson, the big reason why 
he's so interested in Washington is Courtney uh, Morgan and the way he's he's recruited him, but also um, the opportunities at the University of Washington. Uh, he's you know he's gotten to know uh, in OK Brechterfield as well, um, and feels really comfortable with the program here up at the University of Washington. And here, here's an interesting thing for people that might not have known this that don't read the blogs always. He was supposed to visit Miami last weekend and he canceled that visit. Now, a lot of people are saying, you know, I've, I've heard some people say that he just didn't feel feel the, the stuff with um, Miami coaching staff. He just didn't feel a connection with them and didn't really think that it was going to be a good fit for him. And so he canceled his visit. And the only official visit he's taking this summer before the start of the f- football season is Washington. And uh, he arrives later this afternoon and he'll be on campus all the way through uh, Sunday afternoon. And I think Washington's man, I, I, I've told people on the blog that I think Washington's got a really good shot at reeling in Jericho Johnson before it's all said and done. And I still feel that way. I, I, but man, I, his recruitment, even if Washington gets a commitment from him, people are going to have to be concerned about him all the way up until he signs his letter of intent because schools are coming after him left and right, and they are not holding back. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, it looks like William Inge has brought in a couple of linebackers, uh, we'll, and they're both from St. John Bosco, interestingly yeah. enough. Uh, Trent McDuffie, Sean McGrew, uh, and I'm sure there's others that I'm missing. Uh, who's the wide receiver um, that went to USC? Um, oh, Terrell Bynum. Terrell Bynum, yep. Yeah, yeah. He was at Servite for a year, and then and – then, and then the other guy, Keith Taylor, actually was yep. at Bosco but switched to Servite. So, yep. I mean, yeah, Washington has been in in the mix for uh, – and Devin Bryant. Did you mention Devin Bryant? No, but Devin yeah, Bryant, he, obviously a good shout yep. for sure. Um, so let's – but let's look at – I mean, they're, they must play side-by-side, side, I would imagine, depending on yep. whatever their scheme is. But the first one <sighs> we're going to talk about is Ashton Kekahuna Lopes, 6'3 and a half, 215 pounds – pretty rangy kid yeah rangy kid and could grow himself into an edge i mean he has that kind of a a frame when you look at him and um you know like you said chris six three two and a half or 215 pounds um it kind of came on the scene a little late because he didn't play very much as a uh, i think he just transferred in um to to bosco this year so you know there's a lot of of people who like what he has to offer he just hasn't really shown it that much quite yet um visited boston college visited oregon state and utah earlier this month i think washington and utah are the two schools to keep an eye on for for him and uh, we'll have to wait and see i don't have a great read on his on where things stand with him right now um, with the university of washington but the fact that they were able to get him to schedule this last visit to the university of washington before the dead period I think Washington's got a decent shot to make that last impression, and then we'll have to wait and see. I don't know his timeline quite yet, but I will be talking to him this this uh, this next after he finishes up things this weekend. Okay, and his Bosco teammate is a rated as a top 50 linebacker nationally by 24/7 Sports in the composite ranking, and that's Kamori House, 6'1", 205 pounds. Tell us a little bit about Kamori. Well. If people uh, saw yesterday, I put in a, a a crystal ball for him yesterday. I'm the only one to do so so far. Um, and, 
you know, I feel pretty good about it. You know me, Chris. I mean, people who've been following this for a while know me. I don't put in crystal balls very often. Um, and he was one that I put in one for. I wanted to wait and see what happened with Texas. Uh, he took a visit there last weekend. And as much as he enjoyed himself, Washington is still believed to be the by far and away his leader. They've been his leader for a long time. He visited Washington back in this in the winter and then also in the spring. Um, just has always fit in really well with the University of Washington. He's six three or six one, two hundred and five pounds. And I heard that he did a workout and uh, for the University of Washington during the evaluation period, and they felt that he moved well enough that he could actually um, play some safety um, at the next level. So um, that's a that's a possibility down the road. Uh, he doesn't grow himself into playing uh, linebacker, but <clears throat> a lot of people have compared him to Bryant, have compared him to and who I also compared to um, Keyshawn Bieria. Right. Um, right. came in with that, you know, just that speed, quickness, those instincts, but not the biggest frame. I mean, what did Keyshawn played at what about six one, six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds? Yeah, somewhere in that he, range. Yeah, I think he ended up getting to about two twenty five or so, something. Yeah, like that. but he wasn't big. I remember when he was committed to Washington, he was like six foot, one hundred and ninety pounds. Yeah, and certainly not, certainly not a taller line. Yeah. He sure. is not a bigger linebacker, did not have that big frame. And Devin Bryant is very much like him. And and the, by all accounts, Devin Bryant, if there wasn't four guys that were ready to start for Washington at linebacker, he'd be in the mix to, if not be a starter, he definitely could be a play, uh, depth guy. But he might end up still being able to be redshirted uh, this year because of how deep Washington's linebacker group is. And that would be good for Washington down the road. But getting back to Kamari House, Kamari House plays a lot like Devin Bryant does. He just didn't play very much last year. So because he was behind Kingston, um, I can't, the hyphenated guy from uh, who's the top linebacker uh, on the West Coast uh, and, and being courted by all these schools from all over the country, including Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas, all those schools, Washington was in the mix for him as well. But um, – you know, Kamori House didn't play because Devin Bryant and Kingston were the ones that were starting last year, and he didn't play very much. He only had 29 tackles on the team last year, and I think you're going to see him blow up this year. He blew up at a lot of camps. Uh, Tennessee loved him and really came after him hard. Texas came after him hard, but Washington has always been his top school. And I just put in a crystal ball. I think by the end of the weekend, we'll know something with him as far as his intentions. But I think Washington is in a great spot to land him. Well, we certainly appreciate you sticking your neck out like that. Yeah, I know you don't like to do that sometimes, but uh, it certainly offers a lot of insight. Well, as to how I'm not a, things are going. Yeah, I'm not a person who puts in like I hear it directly from the kid. I'm going to commit tomorrow and then I go put in a thing for if that's the case, then I just let it go. And so the when I make a prediction on a kid, I don't change. Um, Jason Brown is the one that I put an early prediction in on. And um, I I t I wanted to take it off, but the system doesn't let you do that. You can't take off your crystal ball. So I moved it to a one. But I mean, I make predictions for these guys sometimes when they're I've made a prediction. I made a prediction for um, uh Owen uh, Owen Prentice when he was a junior and he ended up I'm the only one that stuck with it Brandon Huffman made his cloudy and then he 
eventually came back. Brandon Huffman actually put his in before. I'm sorry, I'm going really deep on this. Anyway, I don't like doing it unless I feel really confident and I won't change it down the road. And so um, it's very rare that I change a crystal ball for a kid. So for me to put one in, that means I feel pretty confident about where Washington stands. Sounds good. Makes total sense. We've got one more visitor that's starting their official visit today at Washington, and that is Peyton Waters from Van Nuys, California, Birmingham High School. Athlete is what he's listed at in the 24-7 sports uh, database. But I think Washington right now is looking at him at safety. Is that correct? Yeah, safety and or um, uh, Husky, the Husky spot. Okay, so. so he could end up playing in the slot corner as well. Yes, he could. Yeah, it depends. It, he, he plays corner for his team, and so he has that coverage ability, but I think a lot of people feel he fits best as like a free safety or a or a coverage safety. Okay. How, how, what, do, what do you think about him in terms of his uh, recruitment and, and what Washington's looking for? Yeah, well, he just he just named his top seven, and Washington was one of those seven schools, um, and it sounds like Washington is in a really good spot for him. He visited Northwestern back in May. He took a visit to UCLA in May. And then Stanford and Utah got visits from him the first two weekends of June. But then he didn't visit anywhere last weekend. And Washington is getting his visit this weekend. So um, that kind of should tell you, I I think Washington's in a good spot to get him uh, to reel him in. Um, And um, I know that he's bonded really well with Juice uh, Brown and uh, Chuck Morrell. I know that Courtney Morgan has done a good job of recruiting him as well. A lot of people felt that um, if USC really pressed for him, that they would get him. They have offered, but he, they have not pushed on him very hard. And I think that even if Washington gets a commitment out of him, and I think they will, um, when it's all said and done, I, I have a pretty good feeling that they're going to get one out of him. Um, I think that if USC really comes after him hard, I think that's going to be a tough a tough battle for Washington. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But I think Washington fans should feel good about where Washington stands right now. Yeah. And it's interesting too. You look at those official visits, you can glean that he certainly takes the idea of being a student athlete pretty seriously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Really smart kid. Stanford and Northwestern. You can't go get much better than that. Yep. All right. So we've got one more player that we're going to be looking at here. Whose, whose official visit doesn't technically start until Saturday, the 24th. And it's a quarterback. And yeah. that will be of interest, I'm sure, to Washington fans because they'll want to know now that E.J. Kamenong has moved on from Washington, where do they stand in terms of maybe recruiting a high school quarterback? This is the one. This is the first one that they're going to have in on an official visit. Doesn't mean they may not have others down the road, but they would most likely be at the end of the season in early yeah. December if they decide to do that. But talk to me about Demarcus Davis from Etiwanda. And, and Etiwanda, if people who follow recruiting uh, will know, Etiwanda and that kind of that Inland Empire with Rancho Cucamonga and San Bernardino and so, kind of that area, there's a that that brings out a lot of top prospects. Oh, absolutely. That Inland Empire, man, it's just loaded, really fertile recruiting grounds for not just Washington, but everybody. Um, I I think Washington um, has put themselves in a really good spot for him. Uh, Demarcus Davis, uh, you know, he's he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's what, 6'4", 190. He's got kind of that skinny frame. He likes to run around a little bit, but he's not a he's a pass first guy. He's not a runner. 
He's not someone who you're going to put the ball in his hands and say, go carry, carry this rock. Um, a lot of people think Oregon State did really well with him last weekend when he visited Arizona. Also got a visit from him on June 9th. But again, I I keep saying this. I feel like a broken record on this podcast, Chris. But I think Washington is in a really good spot now that they got this last visit. And I think if they really lean on him and push on him, and I think they will, I think they're going to end up getting him before the season starts. I, I have a really good feeling about where things stand with Demarcus uh, Davis. And just as an aside, uh, Scott, have you kind of noticed lately, at least in the last uh, couple recruiting cycles, how Oregon State and Washington have been going after a lot of similar traits in quarterbacks? Yeah, I have. And I think part of that is because uh, Jonathan Smith and um, and uh, Coach DeBoer prioritize a lot of the same things um, in the guys that they're looking for. And I and I think um, – uh, what, who, is it Childs, Jaden Childs? Um, Aiden, Aiden Childs. Childs. Yeah, Aiden Childs was a guy that Washington liked a lot, and they just didn't push on him that hard, and he ended up committing to Oregon State, but Washington loved him, and he was a guy that um, if Washington had brought in for an official visit, I think they had a good chance of getting him in, but they, they decided they, they didn't want him as much. And so uh, he ends up at Oregon State, and now Oregon State's going to reap the benefits because I think he's the next great passer to come out of there. I, I don't think he'll start um, over um, DJ Uyangalele, but, man, I, I've got a feeling that uh, Aiden Childs, a lot of people are going to wish they had gone on him a lot quicker than they did uh, back in the 2022 recruiting cycle, because I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah. And it's also, it's interesting too, because, you know, you, you talk about Washington probably not making as big a push on Childs as they could have. I wonder if the back of their heads, they were wondering how, what the odds were of Austin Mack reclassifying. And if yeah. that was essentially kind of informing how they were going to deal with guys that were actually in that class to begin with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've kind of wondered about that as well. Yep. But that breaks it down pretty much, Scott. I mean, any final thoughts about uh, the, all these, you know, if, do you want to give a number? If you want to mm-hmm. go back out on that limb again and give a number of possible commits out of this group that you could see. Well, let's see. So one, two, because we know Packy Finau's already committed. So you got. Yeah, one I'm not. I'm not just, counting him at all. I'm not counting him. Um, new commitments out of this out of this visit weekend. Maybe not during. You know, maybe not even within the week after the visit. But I think within the next three to four weeks, you could see commitments from. Let's see, Davis. I'm just gonna go right down the well, list. So you're gonna you're gonna name names. Okay, yeah, this is even better. Davis. Jericho Johnson. Um, I'm not going to put Waters in there quite yet. Um, I think they will get him. House, DeGraff, Tupo, Justice Williams, Mana, Bulabalavu. Um, I'm not going to put Keona Wilhite in there, but I think they've got a really good shot at him. Um, Elias Johnson, Cannon Skidmore. Are you keeping track of these, Chris? No, but I can add them all up. I can, add them I can up. All, add them all up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Jason Robinson, Dante Carter. Gosh, it's hard on Deshaun Warner and Noah Carter. Ah, man, I one of those guys is going to commit. So one of those two will commit. So what is that? One, two, three, four, five. I lost track at eight. Six, seven, eight, nine. 
10, 11, 12. I've got 12 guys from the group that it, that started coming in on Tuesday, Wednesday of this week through Saturday's guys. Okay. Okay. I've got I've got 12. So that so you you honestly do think that in in many ways they're gonna it won't be obviously as big as last year's at this time last year, but it it it's not exactly that far off. No, no. Last year I think it was 15. Yeah, at least. Yeah, but it's <laughs> what I'm saying is I understand that we thought it was gonna be a lot less, not necessarily a lot less, but we thought it wasn't going to be. They weren't gonna necessarily try to go full on. Yeah. With I, these guys, but I like you said too, it could take a few, it could take a couple weeks with these guys. Yeah, it could, it, and I <clears throat> I think a big thing is going to be, um, I think a big thing is going to be figuring out, um, you know, well, see, for me, I've I've always said that Washington would end up somewhere around ten to twelve by the end of the summer, and thirteen isn't that far off of that. No, nope, so, not at all. Um, yeah, so um, right now I would say um, that's a good thing. A lot of it's going to depend on, you know, how comfortable they feel with some of these guys. And, and um, you know, do we think that this guy is the right fit for us? And, and do we see him being the guy that we need at that position? Or do we need someone more long-term than him and, and things like that? So... You know, it's just it's such a hard read. But, yeah, Chris, I, I think Washington will will be a school that will be up around 12 to 13 commits by the time. And I think fans will be very happy what this what this uh, class looks like before it's all said and done. And I, I want to caution people, because what I'm about to tell you, if you're if you're listening to this in your car, you might want to drive off the road. Because this this might freak you out a little bit. But in all the commitments from the, from the weekend that we're talking about right now, Scott, we're not even talking about the one in terms of something might be brewing. Yeah, correct. So there's an, be, there's even others. Yeah, yeah. There's even others out there that that you could add to that to that number. Yeah. By the way, Kamori House. For those wondering, Kamori House is not the something's brewing. So again. <laughs> Please, please tell me you didn't drive off the road when you heard that. I didn't want to create a panic, but th- it's good news for Washington fans. Yeah, this is a good, this is a good development. So I want, you know, I wanted to end it on a positive note because I know a lot of people are a little freaked out with the number right now. But I think if if what we can take uh, in terms of what Scott's predictions are, if we can take that to the bank, hopefully cash it in here in a few weeks. You'll you'll feel very very good about where the 2024 recruiting class is heading into uh, fall camp for the 2023 season. So, mm-hmm. any final thoughts, Scott, that you want to add to this? Uh, no, people just need to be patient, and we're going to be all over it. We're going to have everything that you guys want. Um, you know, as far as coverage and and um, you know, we'll be giving you guys little tidbits throughout the weekend and then maybe next week and things like that. And, and, you know, this is the place to be. That's where everybody comes for their information. And, and we're really excited about uh, where things are going. Cause this is going to be a better class. And I think a lot of people are giving Washington credit for, and, and I think you're going to be really excited by what you see things end up being by, by the time it's all said and done. 
and a little extra incentive for Washington fans, especially with all the positive recruiting news that's about to come out in the coming weeks. We have got a phenomenal deal with Dogman and 24-7 Sports right now. You can get a yearly subscription for 50% off price. So 50% off, you're getting all this tons of recruiting deal, and it's going to take you all the way in to this time basically next year for, for half off of what we would normally sell an annual subscription for. So you can go to our front page. We have, it, we have the story right there. You can sign in. You can check the whole thing out because there's so much more to offer than just recruiting. We, we cover the football and basketball stuff like nobody's business. Um, we do mailbags. We do, and, and our community is second to none, guys. Our Dogman community is fantastic. So we've got a ton of reasons for everyone to join right now, but we're running a recruiting special at this time, 50% off a yearly subscription. Please check it out if you haven't uh, seen us before. I think you won't be disappointed. No question about it in my mind. So we're going to wrap it up there, Scott. For Scott Eklund, our recruiting analyst, this is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com. Go Dogs. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.